Hi, I'm Jennifer Carter, and thank you for joining me on a podcast for parents, teachers, and administrators. Today's conversation should be a good one, and I'm sure it's something on your mind. So let's get to it. All right. Hi, this is Jennifer Carter, and thanks for joining us today. Today I'm with Lauren Valla. Hi. Um, Lauren, can you tell us a little bit about what your interest in school may happen to be? Yes. So I have been a middle school math teacher. This is going to be my 15th year, and I'm also a parent to a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Wow. 15 years? <laughs> Holy cow. So Lauren and I used to work together at New Road School in Santa Monica, and I think when I met her, she was just barely, like, you were just barely, like, 10 years in, right? It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. Wow. So thanks for talking to me today. And what's your question? What, what do we want to talk about? Well, I think, like, the main thing that's been on my mind just getting ready for the school year is, you know, how am I going to make, like, get everything I want to do into my math class, but how can I integrate topics? Like how can I, you know, and a lot of the project-based learning stuff that you and I talked about have been popping in my head, but it's all kind of scattered right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, how can I use projects and use more experiential learning to help cover more math topics, but kind of undercover? (laughs) So they don't know we're doing algebra and geometry and Mm -hmm. measurement all at the same time. (laughs) But you know what? I think what you what you said about project based learning and how can you sneak it in? I think that's why project based learning works so well is because you can sneak anything in, you know, Um, especially now kids are really curious about COVID and what it means and how it's going to have an impact on them. But you and I, as people who have a a liking for math, know that that's statistics, that's data, that's graphing, it's geography. And even, you know, depending on the age, it's even like fine motor skills, right? Right. So if, like I I looked at a chart and it had uh, the United States and it had different levels of, you know, COVID outbreaks and they were different colors and there was a key. All of that is math related, right? Right. So if you look at some of the things that are just right now that are happening, there's so much material that you can draw from. And, you know, I, I, in my workbook, the May for Pre-K workbook that goes along with the book that I have, it specifically says at the top, like, what are the skills that you're trying to get at? And then it breaks it down week by week. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's probably a good idea is to have a conversation with students and say, here's some, here's some data about coronavirus. What on here don't you understand? And then let them tell you what they don't understand. And then you pick the topics in math that you can teach them to understand the data. And then go circle back around. And then again, like have it plotted out week by week or in segments in that way and then circle back around and say do you understand the data better because then it's an assessment without even being a test that's true yeah so talk about sneaky (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, and then one of my questions, I guess, about using coronavirus data has been kind of that social emotional piece, though. Mm. That's been something I've kind of tangled with is because there is so much data out there, but do we want to bring what's so prevalent in their world and on their mind all the time into their math class? Mm. Or do I want to give them a little bit of an escape? I mean, an escape is, is also not a bad idea. Kids, as you know, they have questions about pretty much everything, right? right. You, there's, there's no topic that I haven't talked about in class, no matter, sometimes it's not even appropriate. <laughs> I'm just saying, now that I'm not affiliated with a school and kids are asking stuff, I'm like, I mean, I, I guess I could lie, but I'm going to answer this. But, you know, you can even do things like how many calories are you burning, you know? Yeah. Versus sitting down versus playing and then make a case for why you should go in your backyard and shoot some baskets because you also have that background in nutrition yeah talk about again there's your sneak right they can even do things like how long is it taking us to eat through our groceries mm, that's you a know good. Yeah. yeah because i know my son my beautiful baby ian who is 22 <laughs> years old is back at home and when I tell you that my bill for groceries has gone up in exponents, that's not an exaggeration, right? So I know I'm not the only parent complaining about how much money we're speeding and using because we're all at home. You yeah. know, that's, and then you can say, hey, make the case to your parents that you're not eating that much or stop being you know, whatever it is and eat less, you know, looking just right. on the data in your graph. So those are a couple of like little ideas that are not Corona related, but that yeah. might be interesting for the kids to explore. Yeah. Because with my summer class, I did, um, New York times has a, like, what's going on with this graph. I don't know if you've seen it. It's oh, kind no, of, I haven't. it's a fun educational website. It's called what's going on in this graph. And they have a process like if you do it live with them you can actually like share your students responses but they're not doing it over the summer but you can still access all their graphs so i chose a couple to do with my students this summer and you know some of them they really responded to like there was one about coronavirus and the shopping so i decided to kind of go not so much like number of people infected but like how it's impacting and it had it was like horizontal and had different size circles based on like the number, the percent increase for that. And then like one of the things that a lot of them noticed hadn't changed at all was grocery shopping. Oh. <laughs> and they were kind of like, hmm. And I was like, that's really interesting because like the delivery grocery had, like that was a separate category. I that see. increased a ton. So we did look at that this summer. So I think, you know, pulling some of those things would be helpful for them mm -hmm. because they did have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, one of the things in an online platform, and I don't know if you've noticed this in your school is I'm having sometimes where like, that would be a really rich conversation in the classroom. I'm having a little trouble extracting that same kind of enthusiasm in a chat room. <laughs> mm. So do you do chats or do you do <laughs> like conversations like this? We do Google Meet, so, they, so they're all like in a chat room like this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sometimes I think they just like, they feel very like on the spot. 
mm. when their camera's on them, which is mm -hmm. so funny because like in a classroom, it's the same, you know, like you're talking and everyone's listening, but for some reason they have to unmute themselves and, mm. you know, all eyes are on them and they're very like, some of them are very nervous about it. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine because even in this conversation, as we're talking, the box gets highlighted. It's like, you are the focus of this conversation right now. You're like, you know, so I can imagine that it, if you're an introvert, that can be a little bit intimidating to see like everybody on a Zoom call. And especially if these are new classmates, right? So, I mean, I would say that you raise a really good point about really using a lot of time to establish a rapport. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about, you know, we, we all know as educators, you go into the classroom, you do an interest survey, you get them to talk, you hear from them. The first few days are just about like, what do you like to do? Make sure you line up, don't forget your pencil. But we don't have, or I haven't heard a lot of that from teachers as the first few days of Zoom. Right. So I feel like people think, okay, we're all gonna get on a computer and just go, you know? You can still do a scavenger hunt via yeah. Zoom. You know, you can still do an interest survey via Zoom. Something that's low, um, low risk, but again, it gives the kids an opportunity to understand, no, I can still talk and I can still participate. And yeah. paying attention to that social and emotional because the, the problem right now is that this distance learning has so many layers. It has the content, the interactions, the politics, the parent-teacher relations, the teacher-admin relations, the student-teach, but right. we forget that there is socializing in this platform. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we maximize, how do we call out that socialization? How do we call out that empathy? And yeah. that's something that I really think spending the first few days and in, in your first few chats and first few Zoom calls, that it's really worth the investment long-term. Yeah. And I even saw something, I'm like following all these different like tech things on Facebook, like teacher groups. And one teacher was saying there's even like hand signals that they're planning to teach their oh, students. Oh, yeah. Like a student doesn't want to say like, I agree with so-and-so they can go like, I agree or like, I disagree. And they could at least use a hand signal to participate. So at least you can see, okay, they're active, they're engaged. Mm -hmm. And I did notice at least by the end of my summer class, and it's maybe something that I need to specifically instruct on. I like that some of my students were starting to address each other. They're like, I really agreed with what Jennifer said, but I disagreed with so-and-so. And I was like, okay, like now, and then I was like, you can just unmute yourselves and you can talk back and forth because I think that's the, the other thing is you're missing that kind of natural mm. back and forth discourse you get because they're kind of waiting for me to say, okay, you know, Jennifer, oh, you yeah. and Wyatt, now you can unmute yourself. Like everyone thinks like I need to be ruling the mute and the unmute. And I'm like, no, just go ahead. <laughs> but you know, if you cover those things in the beginning, right, you know, and you do some exercises and come up with some ways to practice that, you know, again, it's how do you, how do you form that culture, even though it's not a classroom, it's still a culture and you still have to, to be mindful about cultivating a culture within the classroom. Right. Yeah. And I think, the way every teacher does it is a little bit different too, because 
I can see, you know, working at one school in the spring versus a different school over the summer, you know, the kids I had in the spring were very, um, very, very much rule followers. And, you know, they were kind of like, okay, you know, I'm not going to unmute myself until she says I have to. And my summer students were, I think they actually, well, I think they were actually kind of wild in the spring. So then they kind of like almost backed off. Like they just never wanted to unmute themselves. Though. I see. Like, they're like, okay, well, if I can't talk when I want to talk, I'm just like not going to talk. That was mm. kind of my feeling. So when I started being like releasing some control to them, and I was like, no, no, during the conversation, like as long as someone else isn't talking, you can just go. Right. I, I, again, all of these are really good points. And I love the, the, the different resources that you talked about. There are a lot of Facebook, Facebook groups and forums. And I love this, what's going on in this graph. I'm, I'm all over that. As soon as this is over, we, you know, all of these, diff, all of the podcasts, all the recordings will have notes. And mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to make sure that I put that and a link to that and a couple of those Facebook groups just so that people who are trying to do this stuff at home will have some resources that they can go and check out on their own because yeah. some of the stuff is great. Some of the stuff is garbage. I'm just lying. I'm not going to lie. Yes. But, no, there's a, but there's a, I mean, I don't know if you've been looking into all these different, like there's like Flipgrid and there's Padlet and there's so many different things that at points I think it just gets overwhelming mm -hmm. and you kind of have to choose what's your route with these online things. But like, I have a couple, my other one that I would always recommend for, and it's been really good with online learning. It's called um, Visible Thinking Weebly. I've heard of that. That, and it's like, I use it, they have like extended math tasks. You'd probably love some of them with your, your kindergarten ones. There's, I don't know if they go like any lower than that, but they have a lot of warm ups and a lot of them can be really interactive and open-ended. Mm. My, that's my go-to for warm-ups. I love that because again, you know, people who may stumble across this video may be teachers or maybe parents. And if you aren't necessarily thinking, you know, in that teacher brain, you know, having some good resources that you can use are, is always really helpful. And then, you know, I think people have to be a little more kind to themselves in that if you barely know how to work your smartphone, you should not be trying to like create like a in-home studio, like wherever your technological skills are, figure out how you can work within them. Right. Initially, and then add on. Right. So if you just know how to work your, this zoom, you don't know how to share a screen or you don't start with the, start with the simple and then integrate. Because I think that's the other thing that people are getting caught up in is there's so many options and so much technology. And it's like trying to learn four languages at once, you right. know, learn one, speak it fluently and then add on. Right. And I think sometimes you get so much caught in the technology too. It's like the kids, you know, they're trying to click here and go here and you're losing that they're getting frustrated instead of like really engaging with what you want to talk about. And right. I even found that this summer where I wanted them, cause I have, I use Pear Deck, which like you can interact with the slides, which was, has been really, really helpful because I can see them doing their math work in real time. 
but it's really hard if they don't have a touch screen. So, oh. so it's hard because in the spring, all my students had touch screens. So it was really helpful. And then this summer I found it's good for short periods, but the kids who don't have touch screens, it really kind of leaves them out. So I started to just say, okay, I'm going to share my screen. You do your work on the paper and then, you know, hold it up. Show us how you were solving this pattern or solving this problem. And at the same time, it also, like I got away, I backed off from the tech a little bit and it forced them to interact a little bit more because I couldn't see it on my screen. They had yes. to yeah. and just turn on their camera. Isn't that the old fashioned check-in, you know, show me your whiteboard, you know, show me yeah. what that your answer is. And I, you know, reverting to that old school, we can still see you. You know, right. the only difference is you're not next to me. You're still in class. We still see each other. So hold up your screen. I, that's a really good point. Really good point. Yeah. They were like, like, oh, I have to turn on my camera. And I'm like, trust me. Um, I work out of my basement. Like, come on. <laughs> you can do this. It'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, like, I'm so much concerned about lighting and positioning and all that stuff. I still struggle with the tech, though. Like, that I got this Zoom meeting going and both of us are here is, like, is short of a miracle. So. Well, that's, I was actually talking to Kika on the phone a few days ago. And, you know, tech is not her strength. That's not, you know, her yeah liveliness and enthusiasm and connection with the kids like that's and you know she went to this training for Pear Deck which I've actually found super easy to use and I recommended it and she was like she texted me after and she was like oh my god I have no idea and I was like hmm. let's just set up Google Classroom for you let's yes. just set up Google Classroom I was like I will help you do that one thing because I think what you said is totally right it's like you know she was emailing out all of her lessons last year Mm. every day and I was like you know like I think we could just at least make your life easier we can set up a google classroom for each class for you and then you can post them on there and then you don't have to be constantly sending these emails and right. everything files it for the kids right so that was part of her problem she said is like the kids had to set up a file and save them and some of them could do it and some of them couldn't and and then yeah. you're like now we're testing the kids' tech skills and not really what they know and can do exactly. in relation to Spanish or math or whatever. It's like, can you find this document I sent you three days ago? Right. And although the tech skills will come, that's not the point. You know, again, the, the shortest route from, from you to their learning is going to be the most effective to keep everybody from being frustrated. Yes. Yes. Well, I really appreciate having this conversation. I love that I had a chance to see you. I know. And if you want, um, if people have questions or we, you know, want to revisit, I'll make sure that I can put like a little bit of information about you and if people have questions, because you are phenomenal in math and math teaching, yeah. a great resource for people um, both in your school community and to people like me who are adjacent to your school community. So again, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. Yeah, thanks, Jennifer. It was fun. Excellent. <laughs> I miss these conversations. Oh, so much. So that's our conversation for today. I hope you found some information that was interesting or a perspective that you hadn't thought of. If you like what you heard, or even if you have some feedback, put a comment in our comment section. Be sure to like our page and make sure that you subscribe so that you can hear when the next video comes out. 
Thanks so much again for joining us.